Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith, and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Um, I just want to go straight into the scriptures, if that's okay. If you've got a Bible, you can get that out, um, or it'll be on the screen. Just follow along, and just bear with me. Uh, at the first part of this is kind of setting the scene for a very famous prophetic uh, ver- few verses in the Bible, in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 9. And it says this, nevertheless, verse 1, Isaiah 9, verses 1, nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Can I get an amen? amen. The time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Serbulan, I butchered that, but nevertheless, and Naf- Naphtali will be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. So obviously this place was probably desolate. It was dysfunctional. It was in despair. There was a lot of discouragement in this, cu- this culture, in this plain of land that they were speaking to at this time. Can anyone relate? Okay, we're good. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. In the nation of Northern Ireland, in the nation of Portadown, in the nation of Ireland, they will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder, for you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian, the boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will be all burned. There will be fuel for the fire, there will be no more. The hardship, the hard times will end. Then, so that's the scene set. Then it goes on to say, the solution. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God, so he's a God, this, this person they're talking about is a God, everlasting Father, he's a Father, he's a Prince of Peace, his government and its peace will never end, so what he rules over will always have peace that never ends, he will rule with fairness and justice, he's a just God or a just ruler from the throne of his ancestors, David, for all eternity. The passionate, what's, I love this part now, what's this? The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies, armies will make this happen. So it wasn't just the commitment. It wasn't just the effort. It wasn't just a little bit of power. But it was the passionate the zealous, some versions would say, commitment of the Lord's heavens 
armies will make this happen. So in order to make things happen, it seems that there needs to be a passion. There needs to be a zealous, unrelenting spirit to carry the work out. Let's pray. God, we just thank you that you put your passion, your power, your presence into your son, Jesus. We thank you that hope has a name. It didn't just have a name, but it has a name. And God, we come here to meet with you. We come here to experience the passion that you have for us. We come here to sense your pursuit off of us, your commitment to us, that we would catch some of that commitment and that we would commit our lives back to you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. See, what, what is hope? We're talking about hope. Hope is a name. What is hope? Well, hope in definition is really a picture of your preferred future, right? Some of you right now have a picture of your preferred future. Maybe you had a picture of your preferred future and it looked like you going away at Christmas. Some of you, it looked like you having six abs right here by Christmas. It's some of you, it looked like you maybe back playing sport at the weekend. Some of you, it maybe looked like having a certain amount of money in your bank account after Christmas. Some of you, it looked like receiving certain presents and others that look like giving certain presents, but we all have a hope, a preferred picture, a picture of our preferred future, right? And, and the problem is, if you're like me, if your hope is maybe not a valid hope, or your hope is in something that doesn't work out, that hope gets crushed. That hope actually disappears. That hope gets lost. And, and when that hope, which, which gives you passion, when that hope uh, which, which gives you strength, when that hope which gives you energy to keep moving uh, is crushed, then you, you really just you stop. The picture ceases to exist. The picture no longer is present. When, when you had the hope of maybe a relationship working out and it didn't, well, that's the hope gone. It's over. If you had a hope of getting a certain job and you didn't, that's the hope gone. There's no energy to really get up again until there's a new hope. Are you with me? Are you with me? Good. And so the problem is if you put, if I put, if we put our hope in something that doesn't work out, that doesn't come through, then what happens is our heart, the Bible says, um, hope deferred makes our heart sick. And so we've got to be careful what we truly put our foundational hope in. Because if we put our hope in the wrong things or, or the wrong ideas or the wrong circumstances, what happens is we become sick. We become discouraged. We don't want to get out of bed any longer. We don't want to go and meet with our friends. We don't want, want to come to church and gather together, as the Bible says, that we should. Why? Because we're, we're, we're sick. We're discouraged. 
something didn't go to plan. Didn't really happen the way you suspected that it would. And so therefore, you don't have what it takes to go. You don't have what it takes to get back on your feet. You don't have what it takes. So we got to be, we've got to be careful what we put our hope in. If you know, some of you know the story of Jesus and, and how uh, Jesus' earthly parents were Mary and Joseph, and that, that, that it was a virgin birth. It was miraculously conceived, and so they were in an awkward scenario straight away. It wasn't how they had hoped. If you understand, in that culture, that was very shameful for somebody uh, to, to have you know, a baby before marriage, and so therefore, they, they were going to divorce quietly until an angel appeared to Joseph and said, listen, no, this is of God. It looks like sin, but, but it's actually a Savior. It looks like a mess, but it's actually a message. But watch this. this is, we've heard a lot of that stuff before, but watch this. The interesting part of this is, if you can understand, if, if you're about to have a baby, I would suspect, I know from some of my sisters who've had many children, they really love, uh, you know, both my sisters really love their husband, and they've had many children. Don't know what's going on, but they really love each other. And so, what's, I've seen them get pregnant multiple times, just can't stop. And, and it's uncomfortable. They've got these big bumps. It's, I see them trying to sit down, like, like it's, it's hard to get up, and, and it's hard to sit down, and it's hard to really do much, especially near the end as you're going towards the pregnancy, coming to a close, and you're ready to give birth and all that stuff. Um, and so this is Mary. It's really at the end of her pregnancy. And, and in, in the culture that they lived in, the Roman Empire ruled, and they called a census. So, so they were currently living in Nazareth, okay? And they went to Bethlehem. We've all probably heard that in primary school or the nativity scenes. But, but, but have we ever asked the question that I asked, which was, how, how, far is the di- like, how far did they go? Sometimes we just think it's like walking across the stage you know, three wise men, and, and that's it. They've arrived in four steps, and it's, that's easy. It looks nice, doesn't it? It's pretty, and everything's, and sometimes we can, can actually come to a place of just thinking it, it, it all just worked out. But actually, Nazareth was 90 miles away. That's where G, Mary and Joseph were. They were living. That was their hometown at that time. They had to travel 90 miles to the census, which wasn't their call. It was the government's. It was the Roman Empire who were, who were probably trying to find out how many people were in their empire, also probably trying to get some taxes, potentially. They had to travel 90 miles, not, not on a Lexus, not on a BMW. The king had arrived. He didn't come in a Ferrari that was red with a dicky bow on top. There was no red carpet. They were on probably a donkey. So Mary was on a donkey, pregnant for 90 miles with the Savior of the world, with Jesus. Hope has a name, and it's Jesus, and he was about to come in and enter into the world in which he was ruler of, he was the king of, he was the governor of. Men would tremble at his feet just by by the, the sound of his name. Herod would try to kill him just because of the rumors around his name. 
and he had to travel. His mom had to travel on a on a horse, on, on, a, on a donkey. Sorry, take I'm, I'm sure they're different, right? Donkey, horse are different, yeah. And so they had to travel 90 miles. I don't know about you, but I, from, from my sisters, I've realized that they would like to be home. When they're about to give birth, they want to be around loved ones. They want to be in comfort. They want to be somewhere familiar. They want to be somewhere that, that is normal to them. That Their hope in the circumstance would be something that they would like. Actually, in those moments where you're most vulnerable, you want to be around the people you know who are for you. But that's not what happened as Jesus entered the earth. The governing bodies decided, no, you've got to move 90 miles south to do a census. And the worst case scenario, potentially from a human stance, happened. He was born in a manger. Not in, in, at home with all the family and friends and all the neighbors that you've been seeing for years. And all those relationships, all those people you want to come visit with strangers. In a place that you know not. And so the, the first point I want to make is this hope that has a name, it's a hope that brings strength. It brings strength. Just recently, <clears throat> I've been moving house. And to be quite honest, I, I, I struggle with patience at the best of times. We had just got married about four months or so ago, and we actually thought we would be in the house um, as soon as we came back from like our makeshift honeymoon because we couldn't travel anywhere. And we came back and, and week after week after week went on, and, and we only got in two days ago, three months late. And honestly, in the past, I would have probably been making up hopeful situations based on circumstance, based on I need to get in at this time, or we need to be in in two weeks. We need, and, and, and I would have my hope in that time frame, and if it didn't happen, I would be trying to push as hard as I could, like calling everyone, trying to force my way, trying to force the situation. And all I would have experienced was certainly not peace, was certainly not joy, was certainly not enjoyment. All I would have experienced was the opposite. And I learned this time, and it was interesting, maybe through some scenarios in my life, through some circumstances not working out, that, that taught me some things that, listen, whether I'm in the house or I'm not in it, whether I have a house or I don't, I can, ex I can still experience peace. And I don't, have to, I don't have to not enjoy this journey. I don't have to uh, be annoyed the whole way there. I don't have to complain the whole three, four months on top of what I expected. I don't have to uh, complain to the builders and everyone around me and get mad and, and, and be angry that it didn't happen in my time. Why? Because I learned that I don't need to put my hope in a time frame. Because the hope that I have in Jesus, it doesn't matter where I live or where I am, I can still have peace. I can still have joy. As Paul said, I've learned to be content whether I have much or whether I have little. We're in a brand new house. It's beautiful. And I was excited for about a day, and then I realized it's just bricks and mortar. 
anticipation was massive, and then I get in, and you're like, whoa, and then you realize there's a ton more work to do, and, and then you realize it's the same cement, and it's the same bricks that I was in before, and that can never fix any problem if we try to allow those kind of things in our life, so there's hope for the journey. There's strength for the journey. Number two, a hope that travels well. A hope that travels well. You know, I've lived in a few different, personally, I've lived in a few different countries. Lived here, <clears throat> lived in London, lived in Florida. And so often, <clears throat> I've heard people say, why did you come back? <laughs> why? Because they, they have a hope, they have a picture of their preferred future, and when they associate a certain location, a certain place, they think there's no problems there. They think those places are exempt, but we just get all the bad run here in Northern Ireland and Portadown and Craigavon. So this is the only place with problems. Your house is the only place with problems, right? Your life, everyone's coming against you, but everyone else is getting it easy. And if we're not careful, we can start to put our hope in circumstances, in people, in jobs, in bank accounts, when actually the hope that we have in Jesus is detached for the most part, from all of those things, foundationally. Because the hope that Jesus gives is a hope that travels well. It means that if you live in Australia, if you live in Africa, if you live in Canada, you live in Northern Ireland, if you live in Dundalk, it's a hope that travels well. They had to travel 90 miles Jesus came into the world in what probably to a lot of us would seem dysfunctional, annoying, broken, far from ideal. Maybe your life right now, you're saying exactly the same. You're saying exactly the same. This, you're not in Nazareth in your situation. You're far from home. You're far from where you wanted to land in life. You're far from the job you expected to have at this age. In this time, maybe your mental health is far from where you, you, you wished it would be or, or you thought it should be. Your friendship circles may be far from Nazareth. You're way in Bethlehem, 90 miles away, like Jesus was with his family. But it's interesting, that's how the Savior, that's how hope entered the earth. Maybe... It's in situations that, that we wouldn't choose where we get a better opportunity to truly understand what hope truly is. Because when you're neglected hope of, 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 of a circumstance working out perfectly, it gives you an opportunity to stand on different ground. So there's hope. It's a, the hope that Jesus gives us is a hope that gives us strength for the journey but it's also a hope that travels well. That's why it's important when, when we preach the gospel truth. If, if the gospel truth that we're preaching doesn't work on every continent of the world, whether poor, rich, whatever it is, then we might, might have to ask ourselves, are we really preaching the gospel? Because it travels well. No matter where you are, no matter what situation you find yourself in, there's hope. It's available. There's strength 
and it's available. God has given you what you need to get through. It's interesting how Mary and Joseph didn't just give up, don't have the power, don't have the, the hope, I don't have, they had what it took to bring it to completion. Maybe you're in a relationship now and there's, there's temptation to give up. Maybe you're in a job or there, there's a situation you find yourself in right now and there's a part of you wants to give up. But I'm t- here to tell you that the hope that we put our trust in has a name. The name is Jesus and Jesus has given you, if you put your trust in him, everything you need to complete your purpose, to complete the mission here on earth that God has given you as a person, to get through, to make it through. Now, what's this? You would have thought it would have got better after the, the one kind of inconvenience of 90 miles. You thought, you thought it would have got better, like, right, okay, I don't mind one really torturous, bad, soul-destroying journey but not another one. Like, I don't think I could cope with the second wave. I don't think I could cope with another lockdown. I don't think I could cope with another disruption to my life. I don't think I would have what it takes. And the beauty about that statement is you're right. If your hope is in yourself, if your hope is in your own resource and your own pot and your own uh, powers, then, then, then you're probably right. Because if, you're, if we're all honest, there's a point in our lives where we always come to the end of ourselves. But the beauty about coming to the end of yourself, it actually starts to really open you up to where that's often, our ceiling is often God's floor. And when we get to the end of ourselves, the end of our strength, then often God, we truly begin to rely on God with all of our heart. And so what happened here is they got to uh, Bethlehem, Jesus was born, the three wise men came and, and brought the gifts, and then what happens was this name got out, this name Jesus got out, and Herod, a ruler at that time, felt threatened. And he felt so threatened that he wanted to kill Jesus before meeting him, just because people were already calling him a king. And so they then had to go another 60 miles, and they fled to Egypt. The Holy Spirit came and spoke to them, and they then fled another 60 miles after that inconvenience, after that disruption. It would be so easy to become discouraged. It would be so easy to want to give up if your hope was in yourself. If you didn't have the voice of the Holy Spirit, and I think the key part in that story for me is this, that God spoke every, each and every time. The angel came and spoke that this child was a savior, Jesus. And then the second time, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, listen, you need to flee, you're in danger. And so the message, any message that I would love to give you this Christmas is that this has always been about relationship with the Holy Spirit. This has always been about relationship with Jesus. This is not just about ritual. This is not just about going through the, the, the routine of coming to a church and leaving again. If you want to fulfill the mission that God has intended for you to fill on earth, if you want to truly experience hope, it's not going to be in, in a certain amount of money in your bank account. That's not hope. 
That's not true hope because that can run out. It's, it's not about social status because that can flip in an instant, one bad move, and that's over. It, it, it's, it's not about um, how many friends you have around you. It's not about the car you drive, that, because all those things can come, and they will come, and they will go. But true hope is found through relationship with Jesus. Because even if you have to go 90 miles... You can go 90 miles and still have your tank filled. You can go another 60 and still have the spirit of joy on the inside if you maintain relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because God will never bring us to a place. He will never lead us somewhere that he hasn't given us the fuel to fight with. So lastly, a hope that always makes it. A hope that always makes it. For me personally, any time I've ever felt drained or felt like giving up on, on what I feel God has called me to do. And for you, that might look like bringing up kids. For, the, for you, that might look like a marriage. For you, that might look like uh, a job or friendships, wanting to give up. You've lost hope. And I always find that those moments come to me most when I'm not in relationship, when I stop speaking to God, when I stop spending time in His presence, when I stop filling myself up with faith. I start to neg neglect. I don't have peace anymore unless my circumstances are perfect, which that rarely is the case. And if it is, it's only for a moment. I don't have strength anymore for the journey. Because the strength has been reliant on me and I've been working so hard to try and make things happen and make people do what I want them to do that, that I am now drained and, and people don't want to be around me because I'm drained and I'm not nice to be around. Anyone ever been like that before? And so for me, the hope that has a name will always give you what you need to fulfill the mission at hand. So as the, the band come ahead on up and we finish out, there may be some people in here or some people online, and you need to make a decision. I was talking to a guy just before he's been coming here a while, and, and it just struck me one thing he said. He says, you know, I used to live a life of just partying and drinking and all that kind of stuff and really looking for hope, looking for that energy, looking for that passion, looking for that zeal for life is not really what we're after a lot of the time. And he says, I can tell you one thing, there's one thing that following Jesus has given me, and it's a peace. It's a hope, in other words, that the world and the, the ways of my flesh and the ways that I think can never give me. It's just relationship with Jesus. And that's what allowed Mary and Joseph to fulfill their mission on the earth of introducing the Savior of the world. That's what gave them the longevity. That's what gave them the endurance and the persistence to go not just the 90, but another even more than that. And I believe God has called each and every one of us to not just do enough 
but to do even more than enough is, is to not just fight the battles, but then get up for the next one. Is to not just survive and just make it through life, but actually enjoy life and be filled with the joy of the Lord. But it can't, cannot happen without the voice of God in our lives. It cannot happen with hope in situations and circumstances and things just happening our way in our time. But when we surrender and we let go, then God can do what He can do in His time. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand. So I want to give people an opportunity. There's maybe people in here, and you need to make a decision just to surrender your life. The Bible says that for God to give, uh, for God to love the world that He gave, His only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that just takes one decision to say, right, I'm going to give my life to you, God. I'm going to receive what Jesus done on the cross as a free gift to wipe away all of my sins, all of my shortfallings, and I want to receive you. I don't have to make this decision once, and then I manage it, and I, I, I work my faith out. I, I learned to grow in that faith. I learned to plant faith. I learned to sow seeds of faith as I read the scriptures and I pray and I listen. And then the joy will begin to well up on the inside and the peace begins to well up on the inside. And the only times that you'll stop having that peace and that joy is really when you stop spending time in His presence. So let's say this prayer for some of those people who are going to say this for the first time and the first time in a long time. Let's say this prayer together with every head bowed and eye closed. God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to the earth to die for my sins so that I could become a brand new creature in Christ. I commit my life right now. I am brand new. This is a new start. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. 
subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast. Thank you.